Hi, I'm Maddie. And I'm Celia. And together, along with the rest of France, we are indefinitely indoors. This is a diary-style recording of our lives in isolation, covering the highs, the lows, and questioning all of the unknowns. This is two girls, one virus, and a government-imposed lockdown. Thanks for listening. Oh, and if you haven't done so already, please go and wash your hands. Are we happy with that? Do you think that's good? Yeah. Cool. Before we get started, just a little bit about ourselves. I'm Celia, speaking from the confines of a two-bedroom apartment in Paris. I'm spending 15 days indoors in a 65-metre-squared space with my large rugby player husband, my small yet busy one-year-old son, and my rambunctious but lovable French bulldog. This is going to be a breeze. (laughs) And I'm Maddie, and I'm coming to you from Bordeaux, where the wine is red and the weather is getting warm. I'm in the south of France here with my husband and my small child, Aubrey, who's almost two. And we're having a lot of fun inside, but we're also not. And I'm here to support Celia while she supports me through this long, long 15 days. Great. So today's day seven, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, losing track. All right, and I'm hosting tonight. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's begin. So here we are Monday, 23rd of March, 2020, day seven in lockdown. Um, Are you sipping on anything? I'm not sipping on anything tonight. Just water because I made a really spicy stir fry. I'm the same. I'm trying to have some alcohol-free days. And also, it's important for us to be hydrating right now. That's some of the messaging around this. So I think we're doing the right thing. Exactly. Um, So this is my first alcohol-free day also since last Monday. So we'll see how the rest of the week goes. Courage, my friend. Courage. (laughs) Okay. So, Dagan Review, how was your day today? Yesterday, I said that I thought that something positive was around the corner. I had hope for Monday, and I actually woke up to messaging saying that New Zealand was about to go into a lockdown, had 48 hours. Jacinda Ardern had announced that New Zealand was going to go into a lockdown. And also one of my dear friends, her baby had a scheduled operation in Starship Hospital, which is the children's hospital in New Zealand. And it was cancelled because she was due to fly up there from Christchurch, but it was cancelled due to the lockdown that would be happening. So I just woke up and I read both of those messages from my parents about the lockdown and then from my friend. And I just felt actually a lot of anger really about the um, hospital thing. But then I was sad, but then it managed to, over the course of the day, I just felt really proud at the end of the day that Jacinda Ardern had just drawn a line in the sand and the government have made that call to keep everyone safe and even my friend with the baby said to me that um 
which I think is quite generous of her. I don't know if I could be like this, but she was saying that she is just so grateful that Justin Rodin is looking out for all the immune compromised people, like her little baby, and that she's really glad that she's made this call now. So look, it's been a big day as a Kiwi. I'm far away in lockdown, but now my family and my friends back home are also entering the same lockdown. And I believe it's for four weeks too, which is quite interesting. Yeah, I saw that and I thought, wow, that's that's full on to straight up be like four weeks. I'm sure we will be in lockdown for four weeks, but to just be like, yeah, get in your house for four weeks now, that is, it's a huge call. And my, my brother manages a supermarket in Christchurch and it is a huge, big sort of mega store destination supermarket. And he has been working the craziest hours recently. He's going into work at sort of 3 a.m. for restock. And um, he's really grateful to be working in an essential industry right now, but Obviously, I'm just hoping he doesn't get overworked and sick because this brings up my other point. Um, today, I noticed going around um, in our neighbourhood, we just went for a brief walk, but I saw the supermarket near us, the boulangerie and a little corner store that were the ones open, all had plastic screens up now. Have you noticed that? Yes, yeah, ours have the same. You mean at the um, cash register? Yeah, so at the checkout um, at the supermarkets, they have the Perspex sort of plastic shield. Um, and then our boulangerie had set up makeshift sort of glad wrap, cling film wrap, just at the face level across bars to kind of do what they can. Yeah, I, I honestly, I feel for people, particularly in late hot zones like this, who have to go to work and face people every single day, obviously medical professionals, um, the people in the supermarkets, police officers even, having to stop and pull people up and look at their certificates. It's, um, I, I wouldn't want to be doing it because it's, everybody just feels so on edge and like there's virus all over the place and there probably is. We have a really lovely pharmacist who works in the pharmacy opposite our apartment building and in France you when you're having vaccinations done so if your child's having vaccinations you actually physically go in and get the vaccine and keep it in your own fridge and take it to the doctor to administer so you, anyway, you've got quite a close relationship with your pharmacist. You see them a lot. We sort of smiled at her and waved through the through window because we didn't need to go in. But I noticed that in the pharmacy, obviously, they have to sort of um, check people and give people advice and things. So maybe they need more close contact, but they have no screenage up. And I guess I don't think people are talking enough about pharmacists because often they're at the real front line too probably talking to people in the really early stages before um, all the other symptoms have developed. So I'm just thinking of them as well. Shout out to the pharmacists. And how was your day today? It was a Monday. How, how was it? Um, well, it hasn't been great because with all, we got, you know, bad news as well from home with all of the, the closing down of, they're not in lockdown in Australia, but they're closing down all trade except for essential services. So that's gyms and 
I think shopping centres are still open at this point. Uh, but, yeah, things like gyms, bars, cafes, um, they're all shutting indefinitely and it's just Australians are already feeling the pinch. Um, uh, there was images um, online of pe- people lined up for like a kilometre out the front of Centrelink, people who had never been in a position where they hadn't had a job before lining up uh, for unemployment payments. Um, it's affecting, it feels like it's affecting so many people, family, friends, and it has been this slow burn for weeks because I guess Australia is a couple of weeks behind the rest of the world and months behind China, this panic is obviously been setting in and you've seen all the panic buying and the toilet paper thing, which is just insane. But um, like my brother, for instance, he went to work and everyone there is going down to four days a week to avoid having to let anybody go. Um, so it's just, yeah, all these small um changes um and and so many people losing their jobs their livelihoods but it's just an it's the unknown as well as you know it's the worst part but so that was not nice and it was just made me feel homesick um and and yeah just wanting to be around my family and friends and you just gotta hope that Australia's making the right decisions because they're sort of half in half out at the moment with their social distancing measures and I don't know it's having a huge economical um, consequence so it's kind of like why don't you just go all in like New Zealand and avoid further spread of the virus I just don't know what's going on there. It's just a really weird thing. It's sort of like the UK and the US, I guess. And once again, Scott, just copy Jacinda. I know. Just the blueprints there. All you have to do is look over, just do what they're doing. But, you know, it's so interesting in New Zealand. Her thought process is probably like lock everybody in for however long it takes, kill all trace of the virus in New Zealand and let no one else in. And that would work for New Zealand. And I don't know, am I just really silly? Sorry, I need to start that again. (laughs) I've only, today is the day that I've actually understood. Have you understood this? Like the trajectory of the virus and the whole reason we've been locked in for two weeks is because that's how long it takes for symptoms to show and for people to recover. Um, yes, I have been across this. Yes. Remember, I told you I've been just waiting until I get to my two week mark when I've been really exposed to the world so that I, I know, know I haven't got it. Yeah, okay, I'm sorry. But for some reason, I don't know why. Obviously, I should have thought it through. But um, I actually fully read into it today and understood about the cycle and the fact that Jacinda, what she's doing is just locking down for two complete cycles to make sure that they haven't missed anyone or any cases, the community transmission in that first cycle of lockdown. If you do four weeks, it just really ensures that if they've gotten completely on top of it. Yeah, I have huge hopes for um, New Zealand. Like, obviously, it's awful 
I don't know if people will lose their jobs or what the situation is there, but I do feel like they, um, you guys could definitely avoid a full-on epidemic in New Zealand. Um, I've just got some breaking news. Yes. Have you got some too? Yes, probably the same. You go. So this is why it's good for us to do this every night because we never know when the news is going to come. Yeah. Um, so we have just had some news, breaking news, that the Prime Minister of France, he has just um, advised that there's going to be further con- further restraint and confinement there's going to be new measures around the restriction of movement. So we in France are allowed to now go out to get some fresh air or to exercise, but this is limited now to a radius of only one kilometre from home, lasting for only one hour maximum, once a day. All the open-air street markets that we have down the road from us are now banned. So, I mean, I'm kind of a little bit miffed that those markets, open air markets, are still going on because they're tiny. Like the space that you have to walk through is tiny. I'm stuck inside. Of course, they should be closed down. I'm sorry to those people, but like, we're all stuck inside. Why aren't they already stopped? I can, I totally understand, but I know in terms of life in Paris those open-air markets are just so essential that's where people buy their produce they don't shop in a big supermarket in the same way that we do in Australia and New Zealand my area especially there are a lot of um, older senior citizens older citizens who live here and are the ones that frequent the market the most and I think that it's just really sad for them. That probably was their one outing twice a week. So either on Wednesday and Saturday. I agree with you though, the, the measures of, it's kind of a social thing too actually. And it's the markets are held in the middle sort of strip of the um, big boulevard near me. So if you're thinking about social distancing and the spread of a virus, of course, it's insane for them to still be open, but I just think of all those people living alone who have bought produce from those markets for 50 years and are now um, going to have to work out different ways to source their food. Yes, but they're, like, there's, there's supermarkets around. But they're gross. <laughs> I know it's not as beautiful. It is the fresh food at that market, which is amazing. But if if we're going to be taking such drastic measures and there's people who are struggling with their business who can't trade because of certain rules, then that should really apply to all places. I agree. I agree. But who's going outside for an hour to exercise at the moment? Who is that fit? <laughs> But seriously, I thought they were going to say they're banning jogging. But once a day, once a day, one kilometre from your house for an hour max. They're not going to be able to police that. I, When I'm out, like I go out and then I do whatever I have to do and I go home. I, I don't really want to hang around outside. 
as beautiful as it is. I think we've talked about this before too. I just have this huge feeling of guilt when I'm outside. And Paris is absolutely dead. There is nobody around. Even um, biking is banned. So anybody that was on a higher bike or biking around would be pulled over. We watched it happen today. A guy was pulled over um, by the police and immediately you're not allowed to cycle at all. So... Yeah, I don't know who would be flouting the rules that much to be out there for an hour, but the one kilometre radius really concerns me. So, um, news inflated or otherwise, I saw an article. Oh, it wasn't an article, sorry. I saw a Facebook um, post to a group that I'm in here in Bordeaux from a woman who said that we shouldn't be effing jogging. What? Yeah. And I thought, I'm sorry, first of all. I didn't realise that I, by jogging I was helping to spread the virus, but maybe I am, I don't know. But should we be jogging or should we be staying inside? And this is... This is confusion in France. Can you imagine how people in Australia are feeling? I've had so many friends say to me the mixed messaging is awful and citizens are trying to police each other because the government is so unable to come to a clear decision on how we've run the restriction and how everyone should be acting. But, yeah, even here with these clear measures, I am also just... I don't know, I'm a little bit at a loss about this one because I think the benefits in terms of your mental health to be able to go for a jog, a light jog every day far outweigh the cons. But is that... And also your physical health because they keep saying, you know, make sure you keep up your exercise. And if we were to just stay inside and sit on the couch all day long, like sometimes I just feel I can feel my body like crying inside and saying to me move get off the couch because we walk so much here I don't have a car Scott drives to training I walk kilometers every day into town to drop Aubrey at creation back I just walk so much and now I'm just stopped and walking around my apartment so to get out and do that jog I think is really important for my physical health but now I just feel like people are going to be looking at me and thinking that I'm being irresponsible. I think it's so important to move your body. And I'm in the same boat as you, not having a car. And I think all Parisians are used to just moving around a lot during the day, doing your grocery shopping, jumping on the metro, walking to where you need to go, walking to work. And it's just so weird to be confined to your house. But um, on the other hand, I think there's been some messaging going around too that says if you are ill or asymptomatic or I don't know if symptom if the virus is dormant at the, in your body that may be really pushing yourself and part of me thinks maybe there are people who kind of had a bit of a fitness news resolution now they've got all this time in their hand they're starting to take it up it probably could be quite a shock to your body if you did start taking it running at this sort of time um, but Overall, I think it's good. I think we all have to still find a way to incorporate exercise into our day. Is this a good time for me to segue and say, I did 10 minutes on the walk bike today? Yes, please give me that. What did you think? Um, I felt violently ill. I got off and my legs were shaking. I got a headache. 
um, it was probably one of the hardest things that I've done in a long, long time. I think it's the hardest piece of exercise equipment. I my, I felt repulsed by it by the end of it. I wanted to kick it. <laughs> it was awful. Can I just say, I have got a bit of a gripe and it's a bit of an unusual one, but it's directed at AccuWeather. Do you use the app to check weather? What do you use? Yes. Yes, I do. So I thought, I'm going to go on and check the weather. Why, you ask? Because I'm not going to be outside in it. I don't know. I just wanted to. It does change my day, whether there's sunshine coming into the apartment or grey sky. It really does affect me. So I went online and I looked at the upcoming weather. One of the one of the days was described as dull and dreary. Weather's running at you weather. Can you just understand that the whole of France is in a lockdown right now and we do not need the projected forecast to be saying dull and dreary? That's the forecast for every day in isolation. Though. Exactly, though. I don't need that from the weather app. I need optimism. I need chance <laughs> of sunshine. <laughs> every day, a chance of sunshine. And give me hope at you weather. Anyway, that's just, that's just my personal gripe of the day. I went on to look at the weather today, which is actually quite nice down here. I don't want to brag, but, you know. Um, And one of the days it doesn't have a top temperature. And I was like, what does that mean? And then I was getting all freaked out that there's some sort of something going to happen on Friday. There's no top temperature. See, but that's a choose your own adventure day. That's far more exciting. That leaves you guessing (laughs) and hoping. It's not dull and dreary. Take a hike at you with it. Uh, so in other news today, something interesting I saw um, was somebody wrote an article saying that we shouldn't be referring to this situation with COVID-19 as a war. As you know, there was like a very big thing made out of the fact that Macron, um, I think he used the word war like six times or something in his address last week when he put us all in our houses for 15 days. And um, this guy was saying we shouldn't be doing, we shouldn't be using that and politicians particularly shouldn't be using it and um, it's not respectful to actual wartime, etc. But that then led me, that's just one point, but it then led me into this other place. There's a, um, he's a, actually a philosopher. He's an Italian philosopher. His name's Giorgio Agamben. That's probably wrong, but um, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's been quite critical of the Italian government's response to COVID-19 because he thinks it's like quite akin to a totalitarian kind of situation and he doesn't think that we should be locked in the way that we are. Um, But he wrote this really interesting article Um, which has been translated and there was one part of it which really resonated sorry this is very long-winded but anyway I wanted to read it to you so he says it is not surprising that for the virus one speaks of war the emergency measures obligate us in fact to life in conditions of curfew but a war with an invisible enemy that can lurk in every other person is the most absurd of wars it is in reality a civil war the enemy is not outside, it is within us. And I was like, yes, Giorgio, that is how I have been feeling. I don't know how 
I don't know how this thing's going to be defeated. It is chilling. It really is because it, that just speaks to, I think, everybody, that little thing deep, deep down in your stomach that says, but how and how does life go back to normal after this? Because how do you contain it again? You can't keep us inside forever. And that's like when you hear all the leaders and politicians say that this COVID-19 outbreak has changed the country forever and changed the world forever. It's terrifying. And not just how can we defeat it, but also when. It's just so open-ended. He's really interesting because what his one of his points is is what's worse this kind of existence that we're currently living in that Italy's living in France Spain other countries on these lockdowns what is worth this kind of existence and I suppose I don't really agree with him because I I think that I would like to protect the people in the community who are most vulnerable and also more reports coming through even younger people being affected severely by the virus but it's just really interesting to read what he's written because he's looking at kind of the wider effects of it and how do we go back to society as normal and he doesn't think that we ever will he thinks that this is just a catalyst for schooling via computers and things like that that's so interesting Yeah, so if anybody is bored and wants a little bit of a different take on the virus, maybe they should go look up Giorgio. Thank you for that. That's okay. Did you see anything interesting today? No, but I would, I just would like to add that that's probably been one of Hugh and I's main conversations around COVID-19. I don't know whether it's um, our friendship group, our age or our socioeconomic status or what but we haven't had anybody that we know directly affected by COVID-19 in a really detrimental way one of Hugh's teammates did test positive we haven't been tested there's no testing going on in France but no one has been hospitalized that we know touch wood and I pray no one is or has lost a life Um, but we and I think you're the same we have had friends and family affected by the um, knock-off, knock-on effects from the lockdown. So I don't know whether it, for our generation it's actually the lockdown which is going to have negative or will feel the negative effects and more than we will the actual virus. Does that sound horrible? I'm not suggesting that we shouldn't be in lockdown, but I just... For us, it just seems to be we're hearing more about job losses and operations moved and opportunities missed out on because of the economic state and the lockdown. It's not. I think it's really the elephant in the room. I think a lot of people have this feeling that, and certainly today when I saw how much Australia's spending on this pandemic, which is, I think, $169 billion. I just thought, well, how long are we going to be paying for this? For, I'm sure I will be paying for it for the rest of my life. Our children, like, that's an enormous amount of money. 
Uh, it's it's really tough, and this is why I'm not in politics. But I think it's definitely something that people are thinking about. Um, and it's just I know that now my family are getting this sense of like you mourn almost your normal um, lives, I guess, the things that you used to do that you really enjoyed that you can't do any longer. Um, And that's a really sad part about the virus as well. I don't, I don't, I don't have a solution, but I think a lot of people are definitely stopping and going, wow, this is huge. And in my mind, I think, well, you will have to do this again and again and again until there's a vaccine and then another pandemic's going to come along as well. It's just pretty scary to think about the social upheaval. And even retirees having to dip into maybe their superannuation or to take all their leave, people having to take all their leave, um, paid or unpaid, where it's not their choice at all and maybe they had a different plan for how they were going to retire or I don't know it's just I just feel it's impacting everyone like I I completely agree it's impacting everyone but I really do feel for retirees or people who were hoping to just retire now because that their superannuation would have taken a huge hit and that probably has changed plans for a lot of people and that should be these people's time to now kind of wind down but they might have to stay in the workforce longer or taking out $20,000 of your superannuation right now that's not a solution no. for the it's not a fair solution yeah it just there's so many things that suck about this entire situation it sucks it's monday it's a weekend, this friggin' lockdown, and it sucks. Sorry for all our many listeners that we're such Brad, Debbie Brad, Downers today. Listeners, we apologise. Oh, I'm just saying, we care about everyone, we're feeling for everyone, and it sucks. That is all I have to say. <laughs> and do you know who else I really think about as well? The, the medical professionals, like in places like Italy, for example, are they just going to be traumatized for the rest of their lives afterwards? Which I wish I hadn't received, but it was so eye-opening of um, somebody just capturing footage in a hospital in Spain. Every sort of breakout waiting room space in the hospital was crammed full of people um, on with respiratory devices, on IV drips, people were just lined up it was absolutely horrific and then I also read about a doctor in Italy who is 65 and he was hoping to retire but he said he wanted to be working now and he said you don't become a doctor if you get worried about getting sick and I just thought oh my gosh how are there people who are just willing to put their themselves and their family at risk every day and these poor like you say these poor people it would be absolutely traumatic coming home at the end of the night after seeing and also probably feeling like you're not 
doing enough or you can't help enough because maybe there aren't enough beds, there aren't enough resourcing, which I think would just be so frustrating. Lots of emotions. We're very, I'd say it's been a big rant today. Maybe we've needed it. We've bottled this up and we've just got a lot to say on the matter. It's just devastating to see the effects on your family and friends. And I think yesterday I talked about friends who have built up businesses and that is their livelihood. And it's, it's not like here in France where it's like, bang, you're on unemployment payment, don't need to sign up, don't need to do anything. The money will be in your account. In Australia, people are lining up for kilometres for Centrelink and it's not right. And the Centrelink website crash the mygov website in australia crashed as well where you could do it online it's not right to subject people to and this. i wonder after the lockdown i don't know if people's behaviors have changed or if people will be fearful about spending money at this time and afterwards so how long it will take the economy to bounce back but do you know what I think it'll be really good because people are going to think about where they're spending their money now and they're going to go and they're going to support their local businesses and local cafes and smaller supermarkets and things like that. I think I, I really do hope that people have a shift in their consciousness about how they spend and what they place value in. And a bit of community spirit, who you're actually supporting, using your money to support people. Um, but let's go to some cuter boys and check in on our little quarantine. I cannot say this. Quarantini weenies. We got a delivery today, which was Raph's present from his grandparents in Australia. So two new books, and they were just really appreciated by both Hugh and I because we can both recite nearly all of his books off by heart now. And one of them was a flat book, which anyone with a toddler knows flat books are everything. Really busy and just their usual wrestling selves. It was cold today, so the balcony time was limited. But I must say, Hugh's got Raph into using the watering can and he's now taken to watering all along the balcony. And our neighbour saw him out on the balcony and she laughed and smiled. So they are... I, they've just been really busy today. I felt good about that. It's been a while since I've had interaction with another human and it was just nice to have that positive interaction. How's Mr. Orby? Um, Orby's good. I think he's getting a little bit restless. He keeps asking to go to the park and he keeps asking about his friends. And today even we were having, I was eating spinach with lunch and he was like, leaves, leaves, <laughs> leaves, park, park, park. The fourth thing. So I think he's getting restless, but we're dealing with it. We've got, yeah, lots of activities. I bought today at um, Carrefour some paper plates and some little paper cups and some straws. So tomorrow we're going to do some arts and crafts kind of thing to break up the day. Oh, because. It's just very monotonous at the moment, but he's good. He's handling it probably better than Scott and I are. So, for all Celia's New Zealand friends and my New Zealand friends, we thought that we could put together a list of 
some things that you might need to know before going into quarantine or into lockdown. Just a few tips. To assist Jacinda and my fellow countrymen from two women who have been locked down for one whole week now, I've been thinking to myself, what could I pass on? And here's something. First of all, if you have small children, you need to see your house or your apartment as the playground, the library, the school, and the home. Um, to make it more exciting, you need to lock off different rooms. Don't let them have free reign of their house all day. They'll get bored. Instead, you need to open up different spaces throughout the day. So, ooh, mom and dad's bedroom. This is exciting. Rather than having free reign, that is a hot tip. You will waste some hours, which is really good, by exploring different rooms at different times. Yep, I definitely second that. We go up to the top deck every day in the afternoon, and it's like a novelty. Secondly, when a new package arrives, or if you have a cardboard box, no longer look at that as just a cardboard box. That is now your arts and crafts supply. Maybe it's a piece of furniture. Rip it up and use it for different things. You can turn the cover box into a car. You can rip it up and throw the pieces all around the room if you're my dog. Well, I, I thought I'd ask Scott tonight if he had any tips that he wanted to pass on. So first tip is make sure you're not quarantined with someone you don't <laughs> like. So that was offensive. I was like, is this from experience or... And the second one was don't have children. Yeah, too late for that, And so then I stopped asking him. But the tips, what tips would I have? Oh, gosh. Try and unwind a bit, I think, is a really good opportunity to do that. Watch your trash TV, listen to a podcast, maybe from another country that people are locked down in, say, France, call... Another one is really get you through. furniture. Don't be precious about it. Furniture is now to become climbing frame, fly, maybe even weapons. You've just got to take a big, deep breath. You no longer have a beautiful house. You no longer have good things. You no longer have things you can say no about. It's just free range and you've just got to live and get through it. Yeah, just try and enjoy parts of your day. Um, We really like doing our FaceTime calls um, with all our family and friends. And that is a really big part of it because you're all bored. So you all just call each other and you're like, so what's happening? What are you doing? Should we hook up tonight again at 5 p.m. for a G&T? Look, in terms of relationships... Sometimes you should just do the activities your partner wants to do. I would do say just not what I included. <laughs> yes, well, I've been doing PT sessions with Scott and, look, it's not good for my self-esteem, but That's I do really it for nice. him. Today, he, what, what did he say to me? I would hate to train you. You and I find it very difficult to exercise together. He's like but you're not doing that properly. I'm like, but I am trying. I'm putting in 100%. Like, it's like maybe that's how my body works. Maybe that's how I do it. Um, I have another one. <laughs> this is one from Hugh because he actually looked gleeful mm-hmm. when he said it. He said, we don't need to do as much washing. So 
apparently let your washings stack up because you don't need to wear a whole lot of clothes like we've mentioned you can just rotate around your comfy at home lounge slash pajama wear all of your good clothes and your ironing can wait you're not going out you're not seeing one and you're not trying to impress anyone <laughs> good, good suggestion <laughs> day seven in quarantine. Stay tuned for what we're up to on day nine this Wednesday. Ciao friends! <laughs>